I'm going to do whatever I can to hang on. I'm going to do whatever I can to be like him. Now, chapter 4, verse 2. This was going to be the easiest lesson of the last few weeks, the last few months. It's going to be the easiest. Mm. I always have a trouble when I say that easiest. It may be the simplest. I don't know how easy it's going to be. I want you to read the commandment so you know it, it, it comes from Jesus. Read the commandment. Look at it. I want everybody to look at it. And then I'll read it into the record. Here you go. If I can find Colossians. I found Colossians. I just had a hard time finding chapter 4. All right, there you go. Verse 2. Oh, there you go. Michael thought you needed 2. <laughs> I've known you a long time. Try it. Colossians 4.2, what's the commandment? Devote yourself to prayer. Now just stop. That's it. That's the lesson. Devote yourself to prayer. Now, somebody tell me what devote means. And, and you can use it as a, a descriptor view. I am devoted to this. Or you can say, I, have de I am going to devote to that. Whichever way you want to use it, tell me what does the word devote mean? Giving my all. Time and effort. Listen to these words. Giving it my all. Time and effort. Well, I remember when we talked about Daniel, he resolved to do what God said. So it was like he was going to do it whether things were working out for him or not. Boy, I, I dig that word resolve. Where the things go right or wrong, you resolve it. You're devoted to it. You give your all to it. It's time and effort. Last call. What does devoted mean? Or did you hear the phrase, when I feel like I can't, I'm still that way, right? Folks, most of the things we're devoted to, most of the things we're devoted to are due to our impulses. True? True, right? Honest. When do you pray the most? I'll prove the point. When do you pray the most? When you're hurting. I think there's one other time you pray more than when you're hurting. I heard about three answers at one time. When you went one more time, okay, you're gonna have to hold up your hand because I'm I, my hearing aids are picking up everything. When I need something, I think there's a time that you pray more devoted than when you're in need or when you're hurt. Oh, when you're scared, what do you do? You get some serious prayer time, don't you? Now don't you? T now, and in this room, in this room, let's be honest about it. Anybody in here? Saw the cops pulling up and you started going, oh, man, 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 man. Yeah, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I was looking over at Warren, man. I wasn't looking. <laughs> when you get scared, you do that, don't you? I do got to tell you. <laughs> I got to tell you. Ernest and I went to breakfast one Saturday morning, and when uh, when he when we walked out, man, there were about six or seven cop 
police cars parked around where his pickup was. So he took a picture of it and sent it to his dad. He said, I'm surrounded by police, but I'm not scared. That's a true new life right there. But his dad said, what happened? What are you doing? The dad remembers. Yeah, yeah. When you get scared, what do you do? If, if somebody's hurt in an accident or if, if, if there's a policeman coming or when you get scared, oh, Lord. And it, remember, I've talked about it before. We call it the flare prayer. You know, boom, help me, Lord, boom. I'll never do that again. And how many times, how many times have you said, Lord, if you'll get me out of this, so I'm not the only one, right? Yeah. Lord, if you'll save me this time, I won't ever do that again. And then you had to pray it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day, right? Here's the point. What he's talking about here, devoted to prayer, is not impulse. It's, de- it's decision. It's resolve. So in this moment when we're all safe, in this moment where there's no flashing lights, no sirens, in this moment when there's no blood, there's no broken bones, in this moment when there's no ER, in this moment right now, we're around people that are good to you, around people that make you feel welcome. There are people in this room that will make you feel like they like you, whether they do or not. They will make you feel that way. In this setting right now, let's resolve. Let's decide. Let's devote ourselves. I'm going to pray whether I like it or not. I'm going to pray whether I think it helps me or not. I'm going to pray whether it feels good or not. I'm going to pray whether it happens or not. I'm going to pray. That's what devoted means, right? That's what devoted means, right? You pray whether it feels like it or not. I think there's two ways it does that. I think there's two ways to help you get there. Be devoted to prayer and then look at the next phrase. And this is the lesson. I mean, it's, we're not going any further than right here. Two things. I want you to tell me what those are from the Word of God. When He talks to us about devoting ourselves to prayer, He said, Be watchful and thankful. Now, first of all, just tell me what watchful means. Take it out of the Bible. Take it out of the Bible. Do not, I do not want Sunday school answers. I don't want religious stuff. I want you to tell me what does it mean to be watchful? Be aware. Look around. Watchful. Alert. Be on the lookout. Observant. Oh, those, those are all good. Give me an everyday, ordinary situation of life where you should be watchful. Oh, yeah, when you're driving. And, and you got some of you people are texter drivers, and some of you women are makeup drivers. Oh. There's some of y'all that are makeup drivers. Some of you are, and I, I should change this. Some of us are eat my lunch in a hurry drivers and I got to dip it in the french fries and the ketchup and I drop the french fry on the floor but the five second rule I pick it up you know (laughs) now (laughs) 
I believe that most of us, at least those of you who have talked to me, I think most of us, what we do is we tend to live our lives with reacting rather than being watchful. When something happens, then we think, I better do something. What if we changed the way we did that? What if we changed the way we approached a day? What if we changed the way we approached our family? What if we changed the way we approached our jobs? What if we changed the way we approached life? And rather than just reacting to what, however you wake up, well, I woke up, but man, I know it's going to be a bad day. How do you know it's going to be a bad day? Because I just woke up feeling like it's going to be a bad day. Well, guess what you just did? You guaranteed it's going to be a bad day. That's the truth. Because every day is created by God, and that means it has built into it the ability to provide something good. Even if we're hurt, even if we're brokenhearted, even if we're sad at the end of that day, is there good at work in that day? Yes, because look who made it. Look what He's done for us in the past. He's not going to quit on us now. Let's don't give up on Him, right? So I wake up in the day resolved. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a little bit more intentionally, we hear people say it around here. I'm going to be watchful. I'm going to start being more watchful. And I'm going to know, I'm going to know that when I wake up that I've got some responsibilities and I've got some privileges and I've got some challenges and I've got to be ready for those things. So that's going to change the way I pray. Let's start there. In your life, make it personal. Make it specific. Make it real. Not Sunday school. Not Sunday school. We're not here to impress anybody. Tell me something that you need to watch out for in your life. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about you. What do you need to watch out for? Ah, the people you trust. The people that you let in your life or you let in your children's life. Right? What do you need to watch out for? If you know anything about life, but if you know anything about addictions, whether it's alcohol or some other drug, whether it's relationships or porn or the addiction of lazy, people, places, and things make a huge difference, don't they? So I need to wake up, pray, watchful that I stay away from that place or away from those people and away from those things. I need to be watchful about it. Keep going. What do you pray that's watchful for your life? You realize what Danny just said, there's a couple of thing, levels to that. One, you've got to be aware, you've got to be watching about your own dependency issues. Whether it's relationships or food or alcohol or some other substance. But you also have to be aware of your effect on your children. Because you can, 
And I've seen it in this building. And I've seen it next door where that tribe exists. I've seen some of you say to your children, now you're not going to do this. I, one of my favorites is a mama yelling at her child. You stop yelling at your sister! <laughs> That's a good thing to say to your children is not to yell at each other. But if you're yelling at your children to communicate that, what have you just done? You've just taught them how to do that, right? Be watchful about that kind of stuff. Catherine, you were going to say. There are things in your life you've got to watch out for. And we could take the rest of the time just talking about that. And I want to make sure you understand that even though we're going to stop for the moment and move somewhere else, that, that exercise still needs to take place. There are things in my life I need to watch out for. And the thing that dawned on me, the thing that I need to watch out more than anything right now that I can tell is worrying about what someone else is going to think about what I've chosen or what I think the Lord wants me to do. It's not a, it's not a boat, y'all. If it's what Jesus wants me to do, that's a settled issue. I shouldn't wonder or worry or wait for the boat tally to come in to find out whether I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. I need to watch out for that. But watch, being watchful doesn't just apply to yourself. It applies, and think, I think implied in, I'm watching out for you as well. You're watching out for me, right? So here's what you do. I don't know how, I know we can do this if we'll do it. Tell me something, tell me somebody in this room you pray for that you watch out for, that you're watchful for. That you want to help them. I watch out for Stephanie and her kids. What do you pray? I pray that strength to keep taking care of the kids. Praying for Stephanie. Alright. Who do you pray for? What do you pray for? Who do you pray for in here and what do you pray? I pray for Rebecca all the time, you know, just that she would know how much work that she has and just how amazing of a person that she is and just um, that God would give her the strength to keep doing what is right. Pray for Brian, that he'll grow in his knowledge of the Lord and become a leader in the kingdom. Yeah. I pray for her. I pray that. The only person that I fear is really myself. And I pray to get away from myself to be able to focus on other people. One of the terms that is used in the New Testament is to be sober. But it's not just about the alcohol. Yeah. 
It's about being aware of the other people's needs and addressing those and disregarding me. Yeah. My problems are because of me. That's who I fear the most. Yeah. Well said. Who do you pray for? Who do you watch out for? Now, hang on. Before you say anything, it is entirely possible that somebody's going to say something in here. Well, I pray for her because I want her to stop acting like that. <laughs> and somebody's going to say, well, how dare she? Listen, if somebody says that about you, you thank God that they're praying for you. Right? Right? Because yes. if they're saying that you need to stop acting like that, it's probably... You should stop acting like that. So are you glad somebody's praying for you? Yeah, because even if they're praying the wrong thing, guess what? God's got it all figured out, right? Just pray for me. You praying the wrong stuff, that's okay with me. Just pray. God will sort it all out, right? All right. Boy, that's right. And then you're in the right place because we got a lot of us doing that same kind of thing. Who do you pray for? Who do you pray for? I pray for Francis because I know she struggles a lot with her grief. And I know how, I know how that feels. And it's really tough to overcome it. Yeah. Who do you pray for? And what do you pray? Um, I pray for Wade and Kim that they, you know, do, be, be successful in school and everything like that so they can go out and make a difference. And they really do have, it's obvious if you're around them long enough at all, aren't that God has given them a gift to do and he's placed in their heart for what he wants them to do. He's prepared them. Yeah. And taking care of iPhones and everything. <laughs> but I mean, their ministry. I pray for my wife. Y'all don't know this. Y'all don't know this, but uh, daily, daily, she works in uh, in the lives of babies that are born to mamas who um, have um, sentenced their children to withdrawals and to mental and physical problems for the rest of their life because of their addictions and their uh, use of substances and that kind of thing. And she takes it, it's not just a job to her, she takes it as a mission from God. She, uh, she walks into work every day dealing with a lot of stuff that, you know, if you work in any kind of big organization, you've got this kind of mess to deal with. But she walks in with the purpose of rescuing a baby from this kind of situation and keeping that baby safe. Um, I pray for her that she does her that she continues to have the strength to fulfill her mission but then I pray for mamas who are having those babies or making those babies that they'll have sense and they'll have sobriety and they'll have devotion to what's right and to oh I love my baby I'd do anything I've heard it in here I'd do anything for my baby would you do anything for your children? Then sober up. Stay clean. Stay sober. 
get out of that bad relationship. Would you do anything for your child? Then do anything for your child to take care of your child. Because if I start to live that way, if I start to live resolved to watch in my own life, I'm not talking about becoming the police. I'm going to pray for you. I'm really going to pray for you. You know that. I'm not, not talking about that kind of deal, but if I'm going to be watchful about my own life and watchful about your life and, and the people I love and just people in general, how about the nation, how about the world, what's going to happen? I'm going to be praying more, right? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I prayed. No. If you're watchful in prayer, what's going to happen? You're going to be praying without seeing because you're constantly going to be watching. You're going to see things in you that need to change. You're going to see things in other people that need to happen. So you're going to be praying a lot, right? It's going to change. You're going to be devoted to prayer and it's not just going to be impulse. But then look at the last one. Look at the last one. He said thankful. Now folks, this one is so easy. This one is so easy. We're going to miss the point if we're not careful. Because how many times do we say it? Oh, I, you know, I thank God for this and I thank God for this. And, and then we'll drag around and whine and complain and behave like God's never done anything for us. How many times have we said it in here? Thank God for what we have instead of whining about what we don't have. Thank God for what you have and not whine about what you don't have, right? Uh, you've heard me say it a gillion times. In fact, it's just become something routine. We ask God for what we want. We thank, oh, thank God for what we have. We ask God for what we want. We trust God for what we need. Thank God for what we have. That's where you start. Be thankful. Now tell me, without Sunday school answers, without Sunday school answers, Personal, specific, and real. Tell me something you thank God for. Something, someone, some, something that God has done for you. Something that God has given you. I understood. I understood. Anybody in here thankful for your sobriety? Yeah, there's, you're in the right place. There's some folks here that understand that. Understands the limits, and you know that it's not the answer. But that he gave me that perspective to keep on going forward with that, and that 
now we live in a house where it doesn't take precedent. Jacob will never know that. Annabelle will and can you think about this? We have children growing up in families in this place who will never know, never know of the addiction of their mama, addiction of their daddy. They'll never see that. Oh, that's going to be a good deal for them, isn't it? What are you thankful for? We're going to go faster. How many years did you spend inviting her and begging her and fussing at her? She said three earlier, but I knew it was longer. Yeah, That's because she wasn't listening to the first three. <laughs> Think about it. To be thankful for somebody who with persistence and patience and endurance kept pushing, kept helping. And I... Look, this is Ruby, and that's Catherine. And Ruby, for five years, five years ask. And uh, folks, I'm telling you, after we ask one time sometimes and somebody doesn't come, what do we do? Well, I ask them and they won't come. Oh, five years. When you've done it five years, when you've done it five years, then come back and tell me you're going to quit. But look what can happen. Devoted. Devoted. Excellent. Excellent, man. Are you treated right here, Maya? You are? Good, good. That's the way it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. What do you thank God for? For Ernest, the way that he found God whenever he came, and I wanted to, for seeing what it did for him and like our family. Yeah. If you didn't hear that, Ernest, thankful for Ernest and him finding the Lord and what the Lord did for him and what it's done for her and for the family now. I'm thankful for Lex and Ernest and it's just easier for me to be friends with. I listen to them a lot and they're always lifting me up and we're always doing positive things. So I like to be around them. We feel the same way. Tell me what you thank God for. Did you hear that? Thank God for your trials and tribulations. Anybody in here want to tell me why you would be thankful for your trials and your tribulations? Well, I know because of choices that I made and things that happened, at that moment it felt like it was the end of the world and I wanted it to be the end of the world. But looking back on it now, I realize that that's what brought me to understand God I received a real gift this morning. I need to tie the knot on this for now, but uh, a reminder. I, I had thought of it, I guess, before when somebody else had mentioned it, but Darla mentioned it this morning. She said, Rex, sorry for all the heartache and stuff you went through when you messed up, but I'm, I thank God for that 
because it was through that broken road that he found a way to put us together. Do you regret some of the stuff you did? You betcha. Can God work it out for good? Thank God for that, right? Right time, right time to just focus our attention on thanking God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus and what He did. So while we eat this bread and we remember His body, what His body went through for us, and then this, we'll drink a little bit of, just a bit of grape juice, but it's, Jesus will say about that fruit of the vine, He'll say it is His blood, to remember Him and what that blood, His blood did for us. Let's thank God for Jesus for the next few minutes.
couple of housekeeping things. We've got several fresh faces, so let me remind you. Just in a few minutes, uh, folks are going to start setting up tables and stuff because at about 12.30, 12.45 or so, we'll have a luncheon here. If you're visiting and want to stay, we'd love for you to stay, all right? Uh, we've got a whole other set of people. Now, the people that are coming next are the people that we don't want anybody to see. Okay, they're that so bad that, you know, we just have, we leave them at the last, all right? We got rid of the bad ones at the first and then brought the good ones in, and then after y'all leave, then we'll bring that last batch, and they're the worst by far. Anyway, there'll be lunch at 1230. We have a meeting, our, our last, our third meeting of the day will be at 130. Uh, that's today. Now, tonight at 6, 6 o'clock. Ernest will be here with his group, and everybody's welcome. Is, are there some people you don't want to come? You sure? You want to talk to me later? No, he wants everybody. All right. I, 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 I took up for you and said he'd be let any of y'all come. He didn't invite any of the third meeting people, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, you're welcome to come back, okay, at 6 o'clock. Um, Monday night, we've got a group that meets here. 6.30, studying the book of Romans. If you're just wanting to dive off into some pretty uh, hefty Bible study, you're welcome to come to that. Um, if uh, Wednesday night, 5.30, we've got supper here. 6.30, we've got Bible classes for all ages. And at 8 o'clock after the women and children go home, we'll have our men study. And then on Thursday night, 6.30, right, 6.30, the women meet here. Uh, all of you women are welcome. We'd love to have you, that kind of stuff. Um, trying to think. From Friday night, Anna's group meets. If, you, if, you're, if you're a young, single mother, you may really want to visit with Anna. Anna, wave your hand. Brittany, wave your hand. Brittany is sitting next to Anna. Lexis, hold up your hand. Rachel. Okay. All right. So the girl sitting between Lexus and, and Brittany, that's Anna. One more time, Anna. Yeah, I love to embarrass you. Anyway, uh, she's teaching a class on Friday for single. Oh, yes. Tuesday nights. Uh, Tuesday nights at Sugar, Sugar Browns on Avenue 19th and T. Okay. 19th and T. 19th and T. That's it. Starts at at eight o'clock. There's a study, and that everybody's welcome. But it's particularly geared towards single folks, college age folks. That if you'd like to, that, you're the only ones that stay up that late. Bart and me are long gone by eight o'clock. That's right. Seven. <laughs> Well, the truth is, as soon as I plant myself on the couch, boom, gone. That's right. Next Saturday, next Saturday, the 19th, did you see the date? There's going to be a devotional here, okay? Devotional here, it's at 6.30. So if you want to show up, it's, there's not going to be a meal. It's not going to be It's just a devotional. People getting together, pray, read, sing, read God's Word and sing praises to God. That's going to be here, 6.30. Now, Julie and James are kind of heading that up. 
So if you've got questions, ask them. James, Julie, oh, Julie, wave your hand. He's completely uh, wise man. All right, Julie, raise your hand. That's Julie. Wade, hold up your hand. Wade is sitting next to Julie. Okay, so that's Julie. If you got questions, ask her. She'll give you the info. All right? All right. I'll, I'll announce it on Wednesday, and I'll announce it on next Sunday, but I need to go ahead and put it in your head. Uh, this Wednesday is what date? The 16th. The next Wednesday is the 23rd. On the 23rd, we will not have Bible classes. We will not have the men's study. We will not have a meal. We will have anybody who wants to show up, and if they want to bring a brown bag and enjoy the food or want to share your fries with me that you can and we'll just uh, there'll be a we'll have a moment of thanksgiving that's at 6 30 wednesday the 23rd right before thanksgiving we will not have a meal okay we'll not have bible classes okay all right let me tie the knot this way um, my mother used to remind me uh, um Frequently, and it's something I never doubted about her because I knew that I knew she did it. She said, "Rex, I pray for you." She said, "I pray for you, and I pray for all my boys every night." I, I'd have no doubt that she did that. On the last full night that she was alive, early, early, earlier in the morning, uh, I heard her praying. Uh, God bless, and she went through the whole list of all of her sons, grandsons, great-grandchildren, and, and, and the wives of all those kids. Uh, I pray for you every day. I pray a watchful prayer for you, for some of you specifically, because I don't want you to get, I don't want any of us to get trapped back in that stuff that got us before. And also, I want you, well, I sent a prayer out this week to some folks. I want your soul to prosper. I want your life to prosper like your soul prospers. Uh, I pray that for you. I watch for you in your life, and I pray for those kind of things. Um, if I know you're struggling, and you're good to tell me, and I want you to tell me, but if you're struggling with finances, if you're struggling with mates, if you're struggling with health, if you're struggling with... Uh, impulses. I, I'd like to know that so I can pray and I try to pray for you every day. And I pray that God watch over us as a church. It is so easy when you get so many people in one place. It's so easy for people to get their feelings hurt. For so easy for people to get misunderstandings. and It, it happens. I, it's going to happen. I want us, I pray constantly that God will help us stay focused on what really matters most. And that's doing everything we can do to rescue somebody, to rescue one more person, right? Let's stay focused on that. I pray for that. And then I thank God for you. I do thank God for you. I believe that God forgives whether we feel it or not. But you in my life helps me remember that. One more time. I believe God has forgiven me whether I feel like it or not. But having you in my life, having you in my life 
helps me hold on to that, helps me understand that. And I thank you and I thank God for you. And I do that every day. Amen. Hug somebody whether you like them or not. Whether I like them or not.
Okay, I think we're ready to start. Uh, I know that I am, and so somebody's saving my spot up here, right? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay, we're gonna say a prayer real quick. So if I can have you your attention, please. We're gonna say a prayer. I'm gonna ask Michael to lead us in that prayer. Um, and uh, he's going to thank God for, for this time and this food, and, and then we can start eating. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much uh, for, for prayer. Uh, to be honest, a lot of times I don't know what to pray. I don't want to pray um, because of my feelings. Uh, but your words today reminded me that I get to talk to the God of heaven, the God of everything that I can see. So I want to thank you for that. That's, that's something that uh, everybody has access to, but not everybody takes advantage of, and I know that I don't. Um, so, so thank you. Thank you for the food. Thank you for these people uh, and what they mean to me. Thank you for giving me a family when um, life said no, uh, when my choices, um, my decisions hurt the people around me. Um, you are good. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir.
if you've got your Bibles, go to Colossians. Go to Colossians chapter 4. Now, Colossians is not easy to find. It's over after the red letters. It's almost toward the end of the Bible. So you... We're in Colossians chapter 4. Now, I've been waiting for this group. Because <clears throat> the first two groups I have to deal with are really kind of slow. They're not very smart. And you just have to put up with them. <laughs> Proves my point right there, you know. But... but are you eating my pie? I baked those pies early this morning. I'm glad y'all enjoyed them. All right. Um, I've been looking forward to this because I wanted to ask you. We've been reading Colossians. We've been reading Colossians and discussing it for the last several weeks. Now, you can look back in your Bible if you want to, and especially visitors. Um, and, well, hang on real quick. Has anybody noticed any new people here today? Any new people? Yeah, who are those two right there? I want you. I want everybody to know you. And Maylie and Madison are here. They came all the way from California to come to church here. It is amazing they came here. But we are so glad you're here. That's right. We've been praying and hoping and saving to make sure you got here. So we're glad you're here. They got here. And it's hard for you girls to have any idea how much praying and how much talking and how much saving and, and giving and hoping and helping has gone on to get you here. But we, So we, we're glad you're here, but we thank God that you're here. Somebody has to keep an eye on Chewy, okay? You know? Oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry, Chewy. Um, but we've been reading Colossians, and it was a letter. Truth is... It was a letter written to a church way, way, way back. But it was just they were just like us. They believed the same things about Jesus that we do. They uh, obeyed Jesus, tried to obey Jesus, just like we try to obey Him. So it's a, the letter was written really for us. So what I'd like you to do is tell me something you remember from the letter. Tell me something you remember from the letter written in Colossians about Jesus. And if you have to peek back, you can, okay, but y'all are the smartest group, so y'all can remember something. Tell me something to remember about Jesus from Colossians. He rescued us. He rescued us. Keep going. What did he do? It's going to be a long day if y'all don't answer, because I'm not going until we get at least three. He reconciled us. Give me another one. Now those are still in chapter 1, so I'd let you slide to chapter 2. Tell me what Jesus did for us. He canceled our debt. Give me one more. 
He disarmed all of our enemies. He pulled their arms off. In other words, He won the battle, all right? He beat up our enemies. So here's what we've been trying to do. Remember three things, one from chapter 1, one from chapter 3, three sets or two sets of three. The first is He made us holy in His sight. He made us without blemish. And he, we are free of accusation. And then He forgave our sins, canceled our debt, and defeated our enemies. He did all of that for us. Did all of that for us. So then, what in chapter 3, tell me what he, what's He going to do. In chapter 3, what's He going to do? No, in chapter 3, what's he going to do? Now, we've been raised from the dead. Keep going, E2. He's going, to us in glory. He's going to share with us in glory, okay? It is like God on that day standing in front of, I mean, Jesus standing in front of all the history of the world right in front of him. I mean, name some of the people that are going to be there. Name some of the people that are going to be standing there before God on that day. I'm sorry? Sinners. Sinners. Name, name somebody that's going to be there. My dad. <laughs> Your dad's going to be, well, for this illustration, okay. Give me, who's going to be there? Me. You're going to be there. Y'all are, okay. Y'all had too much to eat today, all right? The soup went to your brain. George Washington's going to be there. Adolf Hitler's going to be there. Trump, Clinton, Obama, Bush, all of them are going to be there, right? Now, Mother Teresa is going to be there. Now, in front of all the people that ever lived in the history of the world, God is going to call a name. Antonio, that name. And I don't even know if he can say the last name. But when, when Antonio stands up there, and he'll be able to stand on that day, won't have those bad knees, won't have those bad hips, it, there won't be any arthritis, there won't be any of that. He'll stand up before... Where will Jesus be? From the Bible. Don't make this up. Where will Jesus be? By His side. That's what the Bible teaches. He'll be right by His side. And what will Jesus, Colossians 3 verse 4, what will Jesus do? Share with Him in glory. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess Jesus. Every eye is going to behold Jesus. But who's going to be standing there with him? Your dad's going to be there. Now you're going to be there too. Winter! McGinty! What's your last name now? McGinty. McGinty. What's your, what's your, used to be your last name? McGinty. McGinty, McGinty. Winter, McGinty, McGinty. Going to stand right there in front of God. Right in front of all history of the world. And what's Jesus going to do? He's going to, um, y'all had too much to eat. He's going to share his glory. He's going to, he's going to brag on you is what he's going to do. Janie Pina, what's he going to do? He, he, he can't speak Spanish, so leave him alone. What's he going to do? Share with us in glory. All right. Madison, what's he going to do? 
Share with us in glory. Victoria. And every, Anna gets the, Anna, what's he going to do? Yeah, there you go. Share with, I want you to see it. I want you to believe it. I want you to hold on to it. When your day is at its roughest, when you had one of those horrible days or a horrible week or maybe a horrible month or maybe a horrible life, the truth is one of these days, Jesus is going to come. He's going to call it, rack spoils, and I'm going to stand up right beside him. Now, how am I going to feel? I'm going to be scared because I remember the stuff I did, the bad stuff I did. But he sees me as holy, without blemish, free of accusation, forgiven and debt canceled and enemies defeated. And he's going to wrap both his arms around me and say, this is Rex and the whole world is going to see and he's going to share with me his glory. So what are you going to do? If he's planned all of that for you, what are you going to do about it? And here's where you've got to answer. I don't have the answer. You've got to tell me, what are you going to do about it? If Jesus has done all of that for you, what are you going to do about it? Accept it. Exactly. What are you going to do about it? Accept it. What are you going to do? I'm sorry? Be thankful. I'm going to accept it. What, am I, what are you going to do? I'm going to try to be more like him. Because I want to be, I want to be, if he's going to do that for me, I want to do something for him. I want to please him. Well, chapter 4, verse 2 is where the lesson is today. And we're only looking at one verse. <coughs> and he says, Do you see it? Everybody read it. Devote yourself. Okay, watch it. What, just that first phrase. Devote yourself to prayer. Hang on. Tell me something you're devoted to. Take it out of the Bible. Don't, I don't want to know. I'm devoted to the Lord. I'm devoted to my family. I don't want to hear that stuff. I want you to tell me something you're devoted to. I'm sorry? <coughs> to the gym. To be in shape and lifting weights and exercising. Children. You're devoted to your children. You do anything for them. Keep going. Somebody you're devo something or somebody you're devoted to. Your job. You get up every morning. Now, are you devoted to those things because they always feels good? Yeah. Going to work always feels good? You're a better man than I am. All right, now, does it always feel good? No. Does it always feel good? No. And sometimes when I get up and go to work, when I have to go to jail, I no, I don't want to go. But if I'm devoted to my job, what do I do? I go. So what? What he's saying here is if we're, if we're going to devote ourselves to prayer, that means we pray whether we like it or not, whether we feel like it or not. Does that make sense? I, I want to ask you the same thing I asked that second bunch, and they're the wild ones now. But I asked that bunch, I said, when do you pray the most? I'll see if you all answer the same thing. When do you pray the most? When are you the most devoted, dedicated to praying? When you're in your car? On your way to work. When are you most devoted to your prayer? When something bad happens. When you need help. When we're in trouble. And I suggested one. Nobody said it yet. And I suggested one and the second folks agreed with me. They thought it was probably when they prayed the most. Is when you're 
scared. Because when you're scared, what are you doing? Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me. You know, when you're doing that chicken little, and he, I, t I call it the flare prayer, you know, boom. Help me, Lord. Boom. Help me, Lord. Boom. Help me, Lord. And what do you do? Every time you're scared, when the police pull you over in Flagstaff, Arizona, you start praying. Not only do you start praying, you start texting people you know, pray, 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 right? You get, right? When you see the policeman coming, what do you do? You pray. When you see, the, oh, the phone rings in the middle of the night, what do you do? You start praying. When you get scared, you start praying, right? What if we could learn to pray even when we weren't scared? What if we could learn to pray even when we weren't in trouble? What if we could learn to pray even when we weren't hurt? What if we could learn to be devoted to prayer whether we felt like it or not, whether we liked it or not, whether we wanted, whether we believed it or not? We just we devoted ourselves to prayer. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'm going to do all this for you. Here's what I want you to do. Devote yourself to prayer. Be devoted in your praying. Now, there's two things he says in that prayer. Yes, ma'am. This is a little bit off subject, but what I don't understand, it dawned on me here at the second meeting, why is it so difficult for us to do that? Like, what makes us be so selfish in a sense? I can say that for myself because there have been plenty of times where either I've devoted myself without hesitation, without thought, to sinful ways or to bad relationships. There's so many things that people are willing to just throw their hands in the air and they can devote year after year, day after day to the wrong stuff. But for God, we seem to just give half of ourselves to Him when we shouldn't. He didn't just give half of His Son to us. No, that's he gave right. All of Him. Good, good point. So, and I didn't ask it, so it's her fault. Okay? Stephanie's fault. Tell me why. Why do we have such a hard time devoting ourselves to something that is so simple as prayer. Cause, truth. Because when you pray, it's not like you're having to break a sweat. It's not like it's going to make your back hurt. Why is it so hard for us to devote ourselves to prayer? For me, it has to be because I was so Okay, we're coming back to that. Remember that point. Keep going. I think some people don't really know how to pray. Like, they like, because I know somebody specifically for me, like, sometimes I hear everybody else's prayers compared to mine. It sounds like you have the perfect words and like a wide vocabulary, and I'm just like, hmm, mine is just not nothing like that. So I'm yeah. like, maybe there's something wrong with the way I'm doing it compared to the way someone else is doing it. Point I want you to. Um, I've got a four, let's see, he's, he just turned 43. I've got a 43-year-old son who's getting his doctorate at, Love, at Texas Tech. I mean, he's read every book in the history of the world. He knows everything there is to know about everything in the history of the world. He's one of the smartest people I know. And then I've got a two-year-old granddaughter who is just now beginning to put words together in a sentence. Right? 
do I treat their request differently because they use different vocabulary words? No. So, Winter, if all you are is the two-year-old Papa Candy, you know, if that's all you can say, does the father hear you the same way that he would hear somebody that's very smart and knows everything there is to know about everything? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So it's not about how smart we are. It's not about how good we are. It's not about how even how right we are. We've made lots of mistakes. He just said be devoted to prayer. Can we do that? You can do that. I can do that, can't I? It's, who, who does it depend on? Who does it depend on? Say it right. Who does it depend on? Me. Me making the decision that I'm going to be devoted in prayer. Now, the next two words, are the, I think, are the key. Look at the next two words. If I'm going to be devoted to prayer, I'm going to be watchful and thankful. Start with watchful. Get out of the Bible for a second and get just in your life, tell me an area where you have to be watchful. In relationships, watchful. Of your past, watchful. Oh, when you get angry real easy. Watchful. And uh, Catherine shared that. And if you don't know this, you, you re- it'd be a good thing to remember because it'll help you watch. The word halt, this will tell you when to, that you need to stop and do something different. When you're hungry and you're angry and you're lonely and when you're tired, it's easier to relapse, isn't it? It's easier to fall back into old habits. It's easier to give up and do something that you shouldn't do, right? So when you get these things, halt, stop. Be watchful in your praying. And that starts with you. If you struggle in relationships, you start praying, God, help me be wise. Help me be tough. Help me be strong. If you have trouble with anger, you start praying for yourself. God, I know this is about to happen. My husband or my grandkids, not these grandkids, some of those other grandkids. Uh, my grandkids are going to make me mad. I know I'm going to get mad, so God help me handle that the right way. I know I've got to go to work. I know they're expecting too much of me out at work, but I want to do this without, call, without losing my sobriety or losing my mind. I'm watchful. But I think we also have to be watchful not only for ourselves but for other people. Tell me something you watch out for. Tell me someone else you watch out for. Oh, man. You got those babies and what do you do? What kind of things do you watch out for? Let's do do babies. I'm sorry? Anything that's on the floor. I mean, you just, you, you worry about what's on the floor, you know. Did I drop a, an aspirin? Did I, did I leave the top off? Did I leave the lid of the toilet up? That kind of stuff, right? Uh, what were you saying? Yeah, electrical sockets, man. You watch out for those. What do you watch out for? Besides children, keep going. 
You watch out for animals. Give me another one. Yeah, you, you watch out for other drivers. You need to be watching. I mean, putting on my makeup back here. And then somebody pulls in front of you, and what do you do? Uh, what's the matter with you? You need to watch out where you're going. We need to be watching out, don't we? So we watch out for ourselves, but then we watch out for others. So in here, let's just in here, just in this room, what do you watch out for, for somebody in here? What are you watching out for? Well, see, and that's, once you've been through that experience, doesn't that prepare you to help somebody else go through it? So when you've been through it and you think, man, I know how I messed up while I was going through that, whether it was loneliness or anger or any of these, addictions you went through or mistakes you made, you watch out for somebody else. Something else you watch out for somebody else. Okay, time out. Let's change the word. Let's change. There you go. Worry is what we say, but what we want to do instead of worry, we want to watch out. Because if I'm watching out for Stephanie and what's coming in her life, and when I'm watching out for E2 or Yasmin, I think about Yasmin a lot. I mean, she's 16? 16 years old. I remember when you were just this big. 16 years old. Are you watching out for her? We need to be, because 16 years old, do you remember being 16? I can't, but you can, right? It's not a minute long ago. You remember what, it, what, does she need, what, kind of, what kind of things do we need to be praying for, these young people? We need to be watching out for those things, right? Not worrying, but watching. Do we want E2 to get a job? Esmeralda to get a job. You got to quit saying E2. I, inter I introduced her to my wife today. This is E2. <laughs> um, do we want Esmeralda to get a job? Yes. yes. So we one way we watch out for that is when I hear somebody, hey, I'm we got there's a job. I know, ooh, I can pray. Lord, I hope this is works for Esmeralda. And that's the two in case you didn't know, you know. <laughs> All right. Give me one more that you watch out for. One more thing you watch out for each other. Uh, and I remembered you saying that in the second meeting, and I, I did the same for my dad. You watch out for your parents. You pray for their health. More so than my dad's health, what I pray, is I pray for his peace of mind. He gave a lot of himself during the war when he was a young man, and it robbed him of some of his youth because he became an old man in a hurry. But he's devoted himself to his family and to his country 
for years and years and years. And at 91 years old, I want him to be healthy. But you know what I want more than his health? I want him to be content. I want him to have some peace. In these last few days, months of his life, I want him to have some contentment and peace. When I call him, I call him every day. And when I call him and he's sitting out on his porch, on the porch swing that he bought my mother, and he's watching the birds and watching the cotton crop across the field, I know that's right where I want him. In fact, if I'm going to find him one of these days, that's where I want to find him. Sitting right there on the home where he loved and was loved, that he'll have that kind of contentment. We watch out for this. Now, if you're doing that, what does what does that happen? What happens to your prayer time? You're praying all the time, and it's not boring. Well, I hate to pray, and I hear people say it, and I love it when people are honest. Man, it's so hard to pray because it gets so boring. Not if you're praying like Jesus is talking about, because that doesn't mean you got to close your. <laughs> If you're driving, don't close your eyes, all right? <laughs> but you need to be, if you're praying, if you're watching, you keep your eyes open and you pray, right? And I do it when people walk in and out of here and go through and do things in here. Man, I'll say, oh, Lord, bless that one. Oh, Lord, make sure that one gets a job. Oh, Lord, help that one. That one, ooh, that one needs to stop that. I mean, you, you, you start, you pray, you watch out for them, right, in prayer. All right, then it says to be thankful. Be thankful. All right, I want, you to, I, want, I want us to do this as fast as we can. I want everybody sitting in this room to think of one thing they could say thank you to God for. And we're going we're gonna to do everybody. We're going to start here, and we're going to go up and down the tables. And when I point to you, you tell me one thing. One thing that you would say thank you to God for. Brad? Okay, Anna. I'm thankful for the people who spare my life that remind me every day that I'm safe. That's right. Jordan? Your family? Your father? Waking you up every day. Your job. Tell me your first name again. Jasmine. Jasmine. I can never remember that. I'm sorry. I always forget it. And where's your job? At Dynamics. Oh, really? It's not a food job, though. We like jobs, but... It's a food job. What is it? Dynamics. Dynamics food. They uh, package for, like, furs and... Oh, really? Like so that. it is food. Well, I dig that. You're my, <laughs> you are my favorite. Yeah, Jasmine. Something you're thankful for? This place. This place. Something you're thankful for? Wife. Your wife. Something you're thankful for? My kids, they remember us. They pray for us. That's right. Good. Thankful for my mom. Yep. I'm thankful for being here. Me too. And for them parents. Yes. I got to say, did you hear her say grandchildren first? I got a message for all of you parents, all of you kids. Your parents are going to say the same thing. My dad got grandkids, and he said, "If I'd have known how good they were, I'd have started with them and skipped the kids." That's, that's how bad he is. Yasmin said, "Thankful for a new life." Second chance. 
just another day. You got to teach. Where God's brought you. Those that are devoted to the work here. Uh-huh. What do you thank God for? Family. Yes. Yes. Me too. Oh, that's right. That's right. Life. Excellent. And Brad. Right now, let's be thankful for Jesus, right? Because without Jesus, none of these things would have been true, right? So we're going to eat a piece of bread. Jesus says, and Jesus said it. I'm not talking about some official church person. I'm talking about Jesus, who is the head of the church. He said, this bread, he said, it's my body. So when you eat it, remember Jesus. Remember what Jesus' body went through. What Jesus' body did for us. Think of all the times that He fed hungry people. All the times that He loved lonely people. All the times that He blessed children. Think about what He did with His body. And then they're going to pass you, and it's just a little cup of grape juice. It's fruit of the vine, just like Jesus talked about. But He said of that fruit of the vine, He said, this is my blood. So when you drink it, remember what Jesus did for you. What did His blood do for you? It's what saved us. It's what washed away our sins. It's what gave us that new life that we were talking about. So just for the next few minutes, nothing else in mind. Just thank God for Jesus. <clears throat> 